Hello and thanks for joining us on HearthCast, episode number 231 for Patch 5.4. Our topic for this episode is how to host a corporate fireside event. And now, from the excellence in podcast studios, it's time for another episode of HearthCast. This is Freckleface, and I play a Goblin Hunter. This is Root, I play a Goblin Warlock. We are a podcast covering the world of Warcraft Universe. Coming up here in episode number 231, we're going to talk about pet battle leveling, engineering items, and relaxing places in our listener emails. And then later on, we're going to let you in on a big secret about finding great deals on the auction house. So, hey, Freckleface. Hey, Root. How's your week been in the world of Warcraft? I haven't really done much in WoW this week. Um, did a couple of routine things, but I've been kind of busy IRL. Okay. Um, your new auntie, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, my uh, my third niece was born. Yeah. Uh, she came 10 days early, so Woo-hoo! I was a little <laughs> surprised by the call to come over and babysit the other two while... You know, the parents went to the hospital. Oh, see, now I was wondering how that worked. I didn't ask you about it. And right. I knew you were babysitting. I don't know if it's just coincidental. Hey, you came over to babysit. No, and it was, I'm having contractions. Can oh. you come over here? <laughs> okay. It, so it was the call. Be right there. You got the call. Yes, yeah, got the call. You got the call. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Right. Wow, okay. So that was that was an all-day thing. Sunday, and then, you know, Saturday, you and I hung out with some WoW friends, but outside of WoW, so. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Had really Podcaster good, friends. Really good food. Yeah. And good times. Oh, really good food and good times. Yeah. yeah. And now you have seen Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Yeah, if I had the uh, <laughs> the cricket sound effect still, uh-huh. I'd probably play that right about now. I think everyone can hear them anyways. Yeah, we need Galley. Galley could do like the human cricket yeah. noises again. Yeah. So how did it feel to at every classic line you had a horde of people looking at you? Why isn't that funny to you? Right, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things. La- you yeah. know what I said at the end of the movie? You said, now I know. No. What did you say? I said, WTB, the last two hours of my life back. <laughs> <laughs> Was it that bad? Then people said, well, it really wasn't two hours, Root. And I'm like, yeah, but. <laughs> You're not impressed. You know, it, it was, you know, it, then I, what did we see after that? Scott Pilgrim versus the, the universe yeah. or the world or whatever it was. And that was, um, I didn't understand it right. at all, uh, but it was slightly more entertaining because it had flashy colors and stuff. True. And words in the screen. Like a comic book. Yeah, I mean, I got it. I got the gist. I got the gist of both of them. Right. Um, honestly, uh, with Napoleon Dynamite, mm-hmm. uh, I can say I've seen it, so that right. is that. Right. Uh, but really, every little moment that people always reference, I think I've seen on YouTube already. Yeah, that's the problem. Or in a meme somewhere. So I get it already. I understand yeah. it. So it was a lot of just like hashing out the old stuff. I will say one thing. What? The movie did strike one particular chord with me. Uh-huh. I hate side ponytails. That the girl who, when she first came up to Napoleon's house, uh-huh. and she had a ponytail on the side, I hate that. Hate. Do you? Hate. It's 80s style. Hate. Okay. Like, my daughter came out of the room one day with that, and I went, uh-huh. no, back in, fix your hair. <laughs> she's like, what's wrong with that? I went, I hate that style. And that was it, and she's never worn it again. Wow. But what about, so you're not really doing anything well then, huh? Not really, because that was pretty much my whole weekend. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's legit. Yeah. Did you, a, you know, mm. do do the basics, though? You got Ordos, basics, yep, Celestials, yep. okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? How's your week been? Uh, Ordos, Celestials. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's a weird thing, you know, um, Friday night. I get home, I'm ready to do my thing, ready to get on there and just, just you know, slay dragons on the internet. And I log in a WoW, and I, I get the uh, the EULA prompt. Hmm. And I've seen the EULA prompt, you know, you got to scroll down and agree to everything. You get. Normally right. you see those, like, after a, 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 a right larger patch, patch on a Tuesday. Yep. And so I was just going through it, like, okay, when, and as I'm thinking, I was like, well, today's Friday. Surely I've logged on since Tuesday because I've done all the stuff. And um, I said, well, maybe maybe it's a hot fix. So I log in. And I'm presented with an error message. 
Seeing that my computer doesn't have enough memory to run some add-ons, and all my add-on settings are default. They're like gone. They're zero. There's nothing. Everything I have is like I just installed it. And so I was like, well, that's really weird. What's going on here? So I kind of mumble fumble around a little bit. And of course I think the worst. Oh, I've got a virus, or I've got this, and I you know, and I clean everything PC's clean. It's like, well, what's going on? So I save. And oh here's a weird thing too. Check this out, right? My DPS meter was from like a fight a week ago. I'm like, what's huh. that doing there? You know? So clean everything out and and I set up like tell me when I spent a lot of time on Tell Me When too. I set up a single thing on Tell Me When. Log off, log back in. Everything's back the way it was just before. Like the DPS meters from a week ago. Tell me when's not set up. I get the error that I don't oh. have enough memory. I'm like, whoa. So then I look a little further and I realize my hard drive is full, 100% capacity. Oh. So what's that all about? So I go digging around in there and I find out that the Windows update went into like chaotic mode and filled my hard drive with versions of patches that it wanted to install. <laughs> Like, the same patch, like, hundreds of times. Oh, no. Like, with the one in parentheses and the two in parentheses. I'm like, what is right. it doing? <laughs> At the same time, Curse decides to update and flubs everything up. Hmm. Not that it's Curse's fault at all, but my WTF folder got all locked. I could rename my interface. I could rename the other one. Um I couldn't rename my WTF photo because I wanted to log in with all that stuff renamed so they would redo the forced UI reload from WoW. Couldn't. So I had to uninstall my add-ons, uninstall Curse, fix the Windows update issue, which was silly. <laughs> <laughs> update, Then do a bunch of updates that were pending. And the still something was keeping control of the WTF folder. I could not rename it. I could not copy files into it. The permissions were fine. I checked all that, but I still couldn't do anything with it. So I actually booted into a a it's a version of Windows that is a uh, it's like for diagnostics and stuff. It's called ActiveAt. It's pretty cool if you're in the field I'm in. And uh, renamed it. I got got rid of it, and then jumped back into WoW. I was able to, you know, now, of course, I have nothing, no add-ons, no nothing now. Ooh. Yeah, well, it was horrible. It was horrible. Like, <laughs> the the artwork was there. Those two eagles were looking. I was oh, no. like, what it's are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, chat bubbles were up. Uh, uh, yeah. It's just so bad. It's auto loot off. Yes. Uh. And mature language filter was on. It's like, <laughs> what is, what what game is this? So I got all that straight, went back out. Got all my add-ons again from Curse, which Curse is awesome because it had my profile. It just, oh, here are the add-ons. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no big deal. Thanks. Awesome. And the settings are local. I have been wanting to do some adjustments to tell me when. So I figured now's the really best time to do it. Okay. Since I'm kind of forced to do right. it. And um, that's been good. I kind of split them out. I had them all in one big group. Uh, actually, two groups. I had them in two, one big group and one small group. So the small group was all the stuff that happened to my equipment. If I had on my forager's gloves or the cloak of coordination or whatever it is, cooperation, whatever, the one that takes you to Orgrimmar. Or if I had on a fishing hat, any anything that is gear effective, I had that on the side. And then everything else was everything else. So now I have it divided into three, which is my gear equipment, and the other one's my self-buffs, and the other one's my combat. So I have nice three little tell-me-wins. It's really nice. So... I'm happy again, almost. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's nice. I mean, there's some settings that I had done. I got to go refigure out, like, the, the the camera thing where you get the maximum viewpoint from the camera. And there's it's just like you run it one time and you're done. It's just so bizarre. Can everything, like, reset to zero? It really made me realize how dependent on add-ons we've become. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, the bags were not a single bag. Isn't that the worst? Oh. Yeah. Mail. I had to click on individual mails. Uh. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I spent my uh, my Friday and a uh, little time on Sunday. They had a beautiful wedding to attend, someone uh, uh. that you don't know, but it was an outdoor wedding in the middle of August in Florida. Eich. Yeah. Yeah. 
Those are three words that shouldn't go together. No. No. At, at all. Um, it was a beautiful wedding. It was right, on, right by a lake on the side of a lake with a little beach, a lake, and very picturesque and very hot. And then dinner was outside as well. Yeah. Hmm. And it was a kind of, they had to crank the music. It was Cuban, not that it had anything to do with it, but it was Cuban food and Cuban theme because they were Cubans oh, okay. getting married. Yeah. And they had to crank the music up really, really, really high to drown out the sounds of the giant fans that they had trying to keep everybody cool. <laughs> so it was like people with babies were leaving because the babies were freaking out because it was so loud. So that was my only like little bit of complaint. And another thing I started doing um, is I started keeping a spreadsheet on my my gold spins and, and earnings and losses and investments. And Are you going to make it public? Man, I don't know. It's a Google Doc, right? It's a Google spreadsheet, yeah. So... Um, you could post a link. Yeah, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Okay. It's it's interesting. You know, it's interesting to go back and go, well, like, like, because every time I go in and even check my gold, then I make a note. Okay. Whether or not I'm in, investing or buying or selling or whatever, I make a note. With my gold amount and what I was doing. And it's like, man, I spend a lot of time in a remote auction house. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been interesting to see exactly how much time I, I, that I do spend in the remote auction True. house. True. And how my my gold kind of comes and goes, but but the 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 graph goes. It's like up down up down, but more up than down. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just interesting because you can graph everything in there, make a little graph out of it in the Google Doc spreadsheet thing. Yeah, that's true. You know, actually, I have an issue making in graphs in Google Docs. It makes bad graphs. Um, I have to like take yeah. the same stuff and open up a. They're not as pretty as like in spreadsheet yeah, regular Excel. And, yeah, yeah, they're Excel. not as pretty. Even like the open office version of Excel does a better job than Google. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So starting last week, Freck, you and I, uh, we initiated another bet challenge. True. Uh, We are doing Kara now. The first person to get the fiery war horse uh, will get the kitty. As of right now, there are $2 in there. I have my dollar for this week. You have your dollar for this week. Um, Whoever gets the horse first uh, gets the entire kitty. So, Freckleface, did you have an opportunity to run Kara? I did have an opportunity to run Kara. How many tunes did you run with? Only one. Okay. And did you win the Fiery Warhorse? I did not. Root, did you run Karazan this week? Yes, I did. On two separate tunes. And did the Fire War Horse drop for you this week? It did. It did? Not drop for me this week. <laughs> On that either is the tune. first and last time you're allowed to do that. <laughs> It didn't drop on either two. Not only that, uh, I forgot how to mage. I took my 85 mage in there. No clue. I died. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. I'm like, how? Is that, <laughs> is that your Herald tune? Uh, no, no, no. That's, no? that's fruit. 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 I took fruit you have two 85 mages? No, fruits. Fruit. Harold is a uh, undead something. Oh, he's still 80. Uh, he's a priest. Shadow priest. Oh, that's right. My bad. And, uh, no, no. 80 is, is uh, Harold. Right. Right. Okay, gotcha. You have an 85. <laughs> then have an 85 Shadow Priest named something else. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I died with my mage. <laughs> I was like, I got this. No, I don't. <laughs> well, considering neither of us got the uh, the Fiery Warhorse mount, that brings our total now, Frack, to uh, four bucks. There in the old treasure chest. Getting up there. Yeah. That's almost enough for a Starbucks drink. Almost. A small. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, we have a plethora of uh, listener email this week, so let's get right to it. Our first one is from Sanji, and Sanji says, Long-time listener since your double-digit days. Ooh, I really appreciate your focused discussion each week. When you covered appearance changes in WoW, episode 225, I had to log in to see how many I already acquired and then rushed out to get as many as possible. I've been camping York Sharp Eye in order to get Mr. Smite's Brass Compass 
and with nearly a dozen kills, he still won't drop it. I killed him a lot more than that before I got it, but he drops it eventually. Right, Root? Uh, yeah, I used to camp him a lot just so he'd drop it so other people couldn't get him and people got <laughs> mad at me. So yeah, he drops it. Trust us. <laughs> he says, I also appreciated Root's suggestions about using Wiki's Whistle and Palquan's Hollow. It's now part of my rotation when I complete my dailies. Regarding convenience items, episode 229, as an engineer, I love all my convenience items. I use Jeeves to access my bank and Molly to mail items to other tunes without having to return to a major city. I also use the band of Kieran Tor to teleport to Dalaran, or the engineer-created wormhole-generated Northrend to quickly go to Howling Fjord to run Utgard Pinnacle in hopes that Scotty will drop the reins of the blue protodrake. Although now I won't be completing that in a regular rotation due to another convenience item I use in a while, the Black Market Auction House. Every once in a while, those low drop rate mounts appear there. My final much-appreciated engineering item is the Goblin Glider. It helps me arrive for my Ordos kill without having to risk my life racing on a PvP realm, and frankly, sometimes it's just nicer to shut off the noisy flying mount and glide down to my destination with the wind whistling through my glider. Keep up the great work and know that your podcasts help make the game more enjoyable for your listeners. Aw. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, he does drop it as 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 Freck was saying. You know that that uh, Mister Smite will drop. In fact, yeah, I I bet by the by this time next week you'll have it if you keep killing him. Because I mean, I he was part of like I would just fly off and just kill him and move on just if he was up. Uh, and I don't think I ever camped him. I guess we did camp him that couple times and we would, like put up rain of fire and try to scare off other people. Um, but I mean, that he sounds like he's got his little transportation thing set yeah. up. You know, using this to get there to do this to do that, and then boom, you're there. I forgot you know. about that ring. I look at that ring and I go, I should get that ring. And I look at what you have to do to get the ring and I go, I don't want that ring. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, you get up to Dalaran, but there's a port in Eternal Veil Blossom, the shrine. Yeah, there's a, there's port, a port in the shrine. In the shrine over there too. So, but I guess if you're running around, you'd have to burn your hearth or burn something right. to get back there to get, you know. And I still have a bunch of, like, I, I, I did the thing when we were talking about it in that episode where I, I, I planted all the shards for the, the portal shards. Right. I, I think I've used two. Yeah. Because it's just not in my rotation. Not, right. It's not it's in like, my pattern. Once you're riding your farm, it's just, you know, a one-minute flight over to the shrine right. to get where you need to go. So. Yeah. Well, not That's always. Because, useful. well, yeah, always. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, thank you so much for that email. We do have another email here from Jen. She writes in and says... In your last episode, you guys were talking about that Kim Kardashian app, and Freckleface mentioned that Orgrimmar isn't the most relaxing location to spend your time in WoW. And I agree that the pounding of war drums doesn't lend itself as a soothing atmosphere. Unless maybe you're an orc. I wanted to share that in my opinion, at least as far as the Horde side goes, I love spending time in Thunder Bluff. While this city also has drums integrated with other instruments, the beats aren't those I associate with a call to arms, but rather they are a calm, steady beat. Preparing those that are present to bear witness to a sacred ceremony. It's a track that I associate with peace, wisdom, and ancient ritual. There is much landscape in the world of Warcraft I have yet to explore, but so far in all my travels, Thunder Bluff is a place I always go back to. I enjoy the fact that even though my character is constantly growing, experiencing new things, with the entire world open for her to discover, she still enjoys coming back home again. Thunder Bluff is my favorite hub, and I can almost smell the Mulgor Spice bread now. I'd also like to say that while I enjoy playing Horde, I will say that for the most part, I kind of enjoy going through Alliance territory sometimes because I really like some of the tracks they play while I'm questing and gathering in their forests. They do have some tunes that are quite relaxing. Thanks again, guys. You rock. Jen. So first of all, Jen, thank you. Awesome email. We've commented so many times about just the, the soundtracks in WoW and the music in WoW and how if you're not playing with the music in WoW, you're really doing yeah. yourself a disservice. If you have not heard of Skullnick's podcast, Warcraft Less Traveled, go check them out at warcraftlesstraveled.com, and that'll give you some insights into... Weird places in WoW that people don't know, you know, hidden, like quote unquote hidden places or places you don't see very often. It's a pretty cool podcast. So check them out as well. You might find some really cool places to go. I find myself always going back to Orgrimmar, but I go to the uh, um, 
the Torn camp in Orgrimmar up in the corner. That's right. You hang out with the goblins? No, no, not in the slums. Oh, no, no. Because no. <laughs> I have my one little person I always do my repairs with, uh-huh. sell everything to her. Yeah, it's just like if, if I'm not there enough, I get an email from him. Oh, okay. Root, where are you? We miss your business. That's right. Yeah. So. And we also have an email here from Scaresome. And he said, Ahoy, heroes of Hearthcast. I was suddenly facing a three-month span until new content and decided to go for the Celestial Pet Tournament. I looked at the list on Wowhead of suggested pets needed at level 25, and I realized I needed a strong strategy for pet leveling. It works so well, I decided to share with you. The location is the Stone Plow flight path uphill to the Singing Marshes in the Vale of Eternal Blossoms. Now this area has all level 25 pets, which is important because if you're going to take the time out to pet battle, you want to get the most experience possible per battle. The tune that he's using is a level 30 mage in full heirloom gear and a safari hat, which gives you the bonus XP for doing pet battles. He set his hearth in the shrine, but got rested XP in the inn at Stoneplow, and is also leveling mining there to break the monotony. Now, if you're using a low level in this area, only go uphill from the flight path. If you go to the west and to the east, there are baddies, but they're far away, you'll be safe. So here's the strategy for continuous pet battling nonstop. The pet lineup is in slot 1, a Darkman Zeppelin at 25, which uses the abilities Missile, Bombing Run, and Decoy. Slot 2, your pet to level, starting at level 1. Slot 3, Chrominius at level 25, with Bite, Ancient Blessing, and Ravage. So his strategy, what he's saying here, is that when you're leveling a pet, it'll be at level 1, right? And theoretically, you could take it and have it fight level 1, level 2 pets, and um, get its experience that way. But that is slow. It will get the most experience if you take into battle against a much higher level pet than itself. So that's why he's suggesting a team of two level 25 pets and one pet that is severely underleveled. Now, it is tricky because if the pet dies at all during the battle, it will not get any experience. So you want to be able to take the very low level pet, you want to have him out for one turn at least, and not die. So that's where the tricky part is. You also have to be able to defeat the team of three from the other team with your two pets since your low-level pet is just there to absorb XP and can't actually do any damage. So now that you have your team in place, you want to open up with the bombing run on the Dark Moon Zeppelin and then use Decoy. Now Decoy puts up a barrier that blocks the next two attacks, no matter what they are. So then you swap to the pet that you're leveling for one turn and the Decoy will protect them from any damage. Then when you swap to Cremenius, the bomb that you set up with the bombing run will drop. You ravage to kill the first mob and you also get a heal when that mob dies. You use Cremenius to kill the next three pets. Use Blessing for a heal, but pay attention to use Ravage as a finisher, which is a heal too. And you just use a strategy over and over again. And because of this, you will barely have to use any bandages because between the healing and every eight minutes you get a free revive pet. The experience that you get on your tune is about 80% of a full quest. And you can do about three battles per eight minutes, which comes to turning in about 20 quests per hour. So it's a good amount of experience for a low-level tune. Absolutely. And of course, you're not going to make any gold doing this because you're just leveling pets while leveling the tune at the same time. So that's a really awesome strategy. I, I had not thought of using specific pet abilities like the decoy and other stuff that blocks attacks in order to bring in low-level pets. I've always kind of struggled with that because I've found that um, once pets get up to level 5 or higher, that they can survive at least one round in a high-level pet battle. So that's what I've been doing. Um, But the fact that you can use this to get them in at level 1 is really helpful. I have no high-level pets, so I can't do this. Well, if you are interested in leveling... um, you know, you, you can always level the traditional way until you get a couple of them up to 25. Um, but you also have to remember, you don't have to do leveling yourself. I mean, you can purchase a level 25 pet battle off the auction house. You can borrow somebody's pet to use it to level and give it back to him. You can even give somebody a level one pet, pay them some gold and have them level it for you. Hmm. I've I done like, that from Guildies. I like that third option the best. Yeah. <laughs> I can pet battle by proxy. Right. That's my kind of pet <laughs> battling right there. 
Hmm. How much did it yeah. cost you? Do you mind sharing that? They only charged me a thousand gold for one to. It was um, one to, what's a, I don't know what the top level pet top is. Top level was twenty five. Okay. I don't think it was level one. I think it was like maybe level ten. And I just didn't feel like doing it. So, so I thought it was a good deal. Three would take me three thousand. Yeah. That's not. That's not bad. That's not bad. Not bad. Hmm. We'll see. Of course, you can always trade up. I mean, if you have a level one pet and you see one of the auction houses, twenty five. I mean, you can buy the twenty five and put up the level one. You know, that's another way to do it. As long as it's a tradable pet. Of course, the ones that you actually get from pet battling, you cannot trade those. So it doesn't work. But if you do want to get a couple level twenty five just to give you the head start, you can use trading and. The pet cages and stuff like that. Yeah, Root doesn't pet battle, so I'd have to do it on Fruit, who can't even survive Kara, so <laughs> maybe I should just, you know, relegate him to pet battling. Maybe so. He can cry his eyes out over there, since he can't take on Kara's in. Yeah. Oh punk. It's because they messed with his hair. They do look sad when they cry. They messed with his hair. They did. And he just got to, and then died. <laughs> Don't touch the hair! And then that was it. It was over. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much for that tip, Scaresome. Um, that was a really awesome strategy. I'm going to go try that. I need to get back into pet battling. I let the Celestial Tournament just kind of like make me mad and I like rage quit. I need to pick it back up again because I do want the pets. I'm kind of running out of time before yeah. expansion. It's true. I know. Coming up in uh, November. Yeah. kind of wish they would have waited one month. Really? Yeah. Was that? It'd be December 13th. Okay. Yeah, then be 12, 13, 14. Oh, that would yeah. be perfect. Right? Right. Psst, whatever. But too close to Christmas. You got to get those Christmas presents in. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for those emails. Those are fantastic. We love hearing from you guys, and uh, we, we truly do appreciate that. How to host a corporate Hearthstone fireside tournament. We've all heard of barcades or bookstores advertising Hearthstone events. But we hadn't heard of a corporate office having one entirely on their own, officially sponsored or not. Joining us with an incredible story of just that is Sniper, who's a game developer for a major gaming company that just happens to have played host to a massive Hearthstone tournament. So with that, let's get to some questions here with Sniper. So Sniper, how long have you been playing Hearthstone? Well, I've been playing Hearthstone about six months now. I started in the beta. It was about a, a month before it launched. Uh, and I've been playing a whole lot ever since. Been enjoying Nax. Uh, just all the new stuff coming out. Been pretty good. What's your favorite deck? So my favorite deck, I love playing Priest. And uh, I don't know why, because it's not very good. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun to play. You know, I just like the... Uh, I like having the minions and trying to keep their health up and everything. And I typically play like more of a control priest. So mm-hmm. just kind of trying to stay alive till the late game. Uh, although with the new cards that are coming out, you know, I'm trying to get something, you know, that has a little more quick minions and just, uh, you know, trying some new things. Not very successful. So I know one of the things that, that excited me uh, totally about Hearthstone was that uh, you get cool card backs. I've actually got two <laughs> different card backs. <laughs> how many card backs do you have now that you've been playing this for such a long time? So I'm not sure exactly how many, but I know it's it's all but one. I've gotten all of the uh, all the ones for each uh, month for each season, and I got the fireside gathering one. I don't have the legendary one though, the one that matters. So still working on that. The one that you, that you get from getting up to rank five, or up to uh, rank uh, one. Right. Well, you have to get past rank past one. Past rank so one. Get up to rank five, and then it, it gets a lot harder to uh, level up once once you get there. I made it to three one season, but I never Ooh. made it all the way to legendary. I played some with a legendary card back. I was very excited. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. Right? It was very intimidating. I didn't know what the card back meant. And then I looked it up and then just started shaking. Like, <laughs> like no. You know, I started second guessing myself. And <laughs> If you do get the uh, collector's edition of Warlords of Draenor, you will get a card back for Hearthstone in there. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I feel like I should have known that. I, I have all but two then. I don't have that one either. So you have been telling me about this tournament. That you had at work. It's really intriguing to me that you found so many people who were interested in Hearthstone. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty surprising, actually, the turnout. Uh, I'm a programmer. I work on a pretty large development team. Um, we were divided into different groups. And so kind of as team building, we just have different events over the course of the year, you know, where we, the different groups kind of compete against each other and things like, uh, you know, we have a bowling tournament. We have all kinds of things like that. And then one of the guys on our team 
decided to try to put the Hearthstone tournament together. So we sent out an email just seeing if anybody, you know, if we could get a few people, you know, maybe five or six interested. And we ended up with 48 people that had all wanted to play Hearthstone. Wow. So, uh, so he arranged the whole thing and, uh, and we played it. It was a great time. Definitely got to socialize with some people at work that I didn't, don't normally get to. It was fun. So you mentioned 48, 45, 48 people were in this thing. Did they all stay throughout the whole tournament? Are you getting anybody like bail out of it? Going, nah, you guys are too serious for me or anything? No, we didn't have anything like that. Um, there were definitely people that were new. Um, that was kind of one of the challenges of it is uh, there were people that wanted to play that had played a lot already and were interested in it. But there were a lot of people that just had heard about it and wanted to participate too. But either way, nobody really dropped out. It was a double elimination is the way we did it though. So, of course, once they lost twice, then, then they'd be out. But uh, everybody kind of stuck with it until the end, until so they eliminated or won. So you had some people to come in and like, yeah, I'll play that Hearthstone game. Um, what's that? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, it was a challenge because um, you had to make your decks ahead of time, and you would make three different decks uh, to play. You know, three different classes. And so people would sign up for the tournament, and then it'd be a couple days before they're supposed to play, and we'd ask, you know, do they make their decks? And it's like, oh yeah, I haven't even opened it yet. I uh, figure I'll just you know go ahead and install the game and then play right away, not realizing that you don't just get all the cards right away. Ooh, and so yeah. they would have this deck list in mind and then have to be told that they can't make that deck without getting like each of their classes up to level 10 and unlocking all the cards. So some of them had to kind of cram for it <laughs> the last day or two <laughs> and play a lot to unlock their cards. But, uh, but everybody made it and uh, it seemed to have fun even if they were brand new. Walk around the office a day before the tournament, half the office is out. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's like, anybody seen Jeff and his uh, whole team? <laughs> we did nope. have to make rules later about playing during work hours. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> that's really tempting. Well, what other kind of rules did you have set up for this? So, um, like I said, it was we made three decks, and they had to be three different classes, and... Basically, it would be a best of five match against another person. So you get paired up with somebody. Each person picks their deck. And if you lose, then you have to switch to another class. And so basically, whoever beats all three of the other person's decks goes on to the next round. And so it was kind of interesting coming up with three different decks. And the other thing was because there were people that had played for a long time and then also people that were brand new, we kind of restricted the the deck makeup. So you can only have up to six rares per deck and only one epic and no legendaries just to kind of keep the playing field even and it was really challenging to make three good decks with mostly commons and then no legendaries and only one epic yeah it was kind of fun actually it was a good challenge even if you've played a lot before it does tend to throw off the game when you're winning 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 oh here's ragnaros (laughs) <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and it's not a lot of fun if you've never played really before and then right. you just get owned by uh, a whole bunch of legendaries you had no chance of getting. So you mentioned that you're in a, a software development uh, role. Did mm-hmm. you guys have to create any kind of special tools to track everybody's progress or was it was just a simple spreadsheet or just like a whiteboard somewhere? Well, we didn't create any tools, but uh, we used a website called, uh, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, called challenge.com. It's C-H-A-L-L-O-N-G-E dot com. And they let you just sign in and set up a tournament bracket of you know, different styles, single elimination, double elimination, etc. And so we used that to track the whole thing. And it was, it was really easy. If you're going to set up a tournament, I recommend that one. But apart from that, we didn't really use any other tools except, uh, except email. That's cool. That's yeah. So when you finished a game, was it just uh, the person who's in charge of the tournament who updated the status or did did everyone have a login to this website uh right it was we would report the games to the person running it and then uh, he would update the website and so these emails were they like passive like i just beat Freckleface, or was just like i just gave her the smackdown of her <laughs> wife you probably want to check the parking lot because she's bleeding <laughs> a little from column a a little from column b depends on who you're playing <laughs> how well you know him yeah so so the guy in the accounting office was like i defeated him by this percentage and <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty much <laughs> definitely wow okay so you had 48 people and everyone was playing up to five games against each other that's right so how long did this take 
It took uh, it took longer than it should have. Probably it took about <laughs> two months to finish the whole tournament. Wow. Um, mainly because, you know, like I said, there were there were a lot of new players. So at the beginning, the first couple weeks, it would be time for someone to play, and they didn't have all the cards. So we would wait a few days, and then. Uh, kind of you know have to give people a deadline and then finally play the game after that and then sometimes you would see kind of there would be bottlenecks in the bracket where you know everybody's waiting for this one game to finish and they haven't played or something and then it started getting to where people were taking time off and stuff so uh it was kind of off and on but once it got near the end it really started moving but with so many people and just playing kind of in off time in between tasks at work or after work uh, it took a little while and it took long enough where they actually changed one of the cards uh, as we were playing, if you're familiar with Unleash the Hounds, that was uh, super popular for a while. Right, in the 100 deck. Right, and they and they nerfed it, and they made it cost a little more. But one of the challenges was everybody had made their decks ahead of time, and so a lot of people had made 100 decks based around Unleash the Hounds. Oh. And so halfway through the tournament, those decks were not as good as they used to be. <laughs> there was oh. nothing you could really do about it. Well, that's kind of like an unforeseen circumstance. I mean, did they, did they try to petition to let them change out the one card? Uh no, <laughs> no, we didn't. Uh, we didn't do it. It's accepted your fate. Pretty much, pretty much everybody, including me, who had a hunter deck, uh, ended up playing that last in the rotation. And when you're picking mm-hmm. which of your uh, three classes, hunter kind of went right. to the back. It wasn't a huge impact, but it was definitely noticeable in a couple games. So during this course of this this two month long tournament, were you able to get to know not just your team members but any of your coworkers, did you get to know them any better was this like a huge team building exercise for the whole company a little bit it was interesting because since it is an online game and you were all on computers at work anyway uh you would get matched up with somebody and so you could basically just send them an im and say hey you want ready to play the game and then you set up the game and you play and then that'd be kind of it <laughs> so uh there wasn't a ton of team building with that except for uh, the final match they actually set up in our big conference room. They like split the conference room in half and had two dis- big displays, uh, one for you know, one for one guy and one for the, his opponent. And uh, they had like pizza and drinks and stuff. And and we all went down there to watch Hearthstone. So even people that hadn't played or weren't very familiar with Hearthstone actually went just to kind of see what everything you know what it was all about. Uh, so that was kind of cool. That was uh, some team building there. And actually got a few people to play that hadn't played before and probably wouldn't have oh, otherwise. That's cool. When you yeah. say they, 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 they split the room, um, was it so that the, they couldn't see each other's hands, right? Right, yeah. So they couldn't see the, each other's screens, but you would hear the other room. So like, I would be <laughs> in one, and then he'd make a move, and it'd be the other guy's turn. And then you could tell like they draw their card, and that room cheers, and <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to be bad. Oh. Oh, so you, yeah. you're actually you're able to split your conference room into two separate conference rooms. Right, yeah. There's like a divider that they Oh, that's cool. So you had two separate yeah. projectors, I'm assuming. They're projecting the guy's stuff up on the screen. Exactly. exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a pretty good setup. It'd be nice if they had a spectator mode or something like that in the game. You know, that probably would have been good just so that you wouldn't even have, like, the interference kind of from the other rooms and stuff. But at the same time, that was kind of an interesting dynamic just to kind of hear what was going on and kind of know something was coming but not exactly what. <laughs> Did you have anyone trying to run back and forth between two sides? <laughs> There's uh, A lot of people left the door open, I think, not knowing kind of what was going on. And so there was, you finally had like a couple people just standing there kind of guarding it while the game was going on. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned, you know, big conference room, split conference room, pizza, people, partying, groaning, laughing, cheering, all this what was the prize? What was the grand prize for winning? The prize was glory, and that was about it. That was it. <laughs> it, was just, uh, it was points towards the championship in our uh, in our team building. Uh, oh, okay. So, tournament. so this was like a phase of your overall team building tournament. That's right. That's gotcha. right. And that's where they give you the Porsche, right? Uh, exactly. Gold plated. Yeah. If only. <laughs> <laughs> we have a trophy that goes up to the. Oh, ceiling really? Of the that's oh, that's kind of cool. That's yeah, awesome. It's mainly the uh, the glory and admiration from your peers or something. And where did you place in all of this? Uh, in the Hearthstone tournament, I placed fifth. Oh, overall. that's very so, good. Huh? Very good. A gentleman's fifth. <laughs> <laughs> Give it that. All right, so it sounds like you guys had a good time. So I'm assuming that there will be another one in the future? Well, I hope so. Uh, it, we do that team building exercise every year, so uh, we'll probably, as long as Hearthstone's still popular, we'll try and do it every year, as long as there's interest. What would you do differently? 
So a couple things. I, I think the thing I talked about where a lot of people didn't know either how to play or didn't know that they needed to play to get their cards. Like, I think we need to give people a little more heads up or just make sure that the people who want to play you know, will be ready ahead of time just right. to kind of keep the uh, tournament moving quickly and really just try and get it so we get through the rounds a lot quicker. I think the fact that it took two months, it, it was a lot of fun, but it kind of dragged on a little bit at the end. It was a double elimination tournament too. Maybe if there's a lot of people, don't do that. Just do single elimination. The only other thing I can think of is, you know, we had the deck limits where it was six rares and one epic and no legendaries. Another way to do that is um, every card in Hearthstone is worth so much dust, you know, to to craft the card. Okay. And so I know some tournaments they'll do, you have a dust limit basically on your deck. And so you could put in your legendary, but then you're not going to get many rares or epics because you spend all your dust on the legendary and then you just get a bunch of commons. Or you can have several rares and then you might not have the one really good card, but you'll have just a generally better deck overall. So giving people that flexibility and making it so that they can use their legendaries in the tournament, I think will be a lot of fun and kind of open up a lot more possibilities for good decks. So be more flexible, but you got to do more math to check and make sure everyone's fallen within the limit. There would be more math, but we're mostly programmers there, so... You like that thing? We love math. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of our thing. (laughs) Well, hey, we want to give you a big thank you for explaining this thing to us. I know that uh, that Freck has told me a lot about it and a lot about the tournament, and that just sounds awesome to me, Um, considering my my experience with the tournament is, you know, making sure I'm on somebody else's Wi-Fi and playing them, so (laughs) that sounds really, really cool, and... uh, that man sounds like a lot of fun. So overall, you think everybody had a blast doing this? Oh yeah, it was a big hit, and we definitely want to do it again. That's awesome. It's also awesome when you guys got to use the the conference room at the end. That just that blows my mind right there. <laughs> that was that was probably the best part. Love that. that. Anytime there's free pizza too, you can't turn that. That's down. True. true. Yeah, pizza's got the allure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, sniper, thank you so much for coming on the show and explaining all to us. And uh, hopefully, you'll keep us. Uh, informed about the next time you're you guys do this big tournament maybe we can get you to come in and give us a, an update while it's happening that'd be cool absolutely i'll do it anytime thanks for having me hi i'm shy t from monk meditation and you're listening to hearthcast hey you want to make a little gold i got an insider's tip for you now, I want to preface this, Freck, by saying this tip is risky. Risky. I Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. You, Scary. You need to be prepared to put some gold out there that you, that you might lose. But on the other hand, if you play your cards right, you can actually turn a pretty, pretty profit. I understand this is not for everybody, but if you go over to wowauction.com, if you log in, you tell it what server you're on what side you play, what auction house you're looking at. They have a section that's called Bargain Hunter. Now, I know that there are other features and other add-ons that kind of do this similar thing where they tell you that someone's put something up there for not quite enough. You know, like, hey, this is a good deal. You should you should definitely get this to me because they, they, it's totally not the right price. Wow Action does the same thing. Again, this is risky. Because what happens when you look at it is it tells you on WoW Auction, this item has been listed on your auction house. It's very important to look. It actually say Realm. So this item has been listed on this Realm's auction house for 15,000 gold and is currently listed for 5,000 gold. Usually what happens there is somebody has mistyped something or just simply doesn't know what they have. The risk here is that all you're seeing is something has been put up on the auction house for that price. While auction can't tell you that it actually sold for that price, just that 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 auction was there. That's the risk. Now that risk can be mitigated two ways. There's a fast way to mitigate the risk, which is in and of itself risky. Or the slow way, which has a different risk associated with it. Both risky, different ways. All about risk this week, Freck. So the easy way to mitigate that risk. You see something on the uh, bargain hunter section. Again, let's say something is there and uh, they say it normally lists for 24,000 gold and it's up for 300 gold. That's, that's quite a hefty profit margin. What I do, it actually has a link on there to Wowhead. It's a little Wowhead uh, 
rocket link. I click on that. I look at that item. It's transmogable. It looks cool, and it's a rare drop rate. That, to me, is almost enough for me to go ahead and get that item. If I go look at it and it's got a high drop rate or it doesn't look cool, to me, that's someone who's probably trolling the system. And by trolling the system, what I mean is they've had this item. They're trying to sell it for a lot of gold, a lot of gold, for a while, maybe three weeks, maybe a month. They keep putting it back up there for, you know, the, what did I say, 24,000 gold? And he put it up there, a bunch of 24,000 gold, 24,000 gold. 20, right. And now they're just like, you know what? It ain't going to sell for 24,000 gold. I'm going to put it up for 300 see what happens. That is a way that WoW Auction can't tell the difference. All WoW Auction sees is this thing has been listing for 24,000 gold, and now it's listed for 300 gold. That's a discrepancy. That is potentially a bargain. That's where the buyer beware comes in. I like to dabble in this. I like to check it out. Um, I found one today that was a typo. Man, I, I, it was it was gone by the time I got there. And this is where I say this is where the risk, the other risky part is. So what I saw today normally list for, uh, it was like fifteen grand. It was some like weapon, and it was up there for five thousand. Someone missed a one. <laughs> it was a typo, right? And I, the problem was. Okay, you look at it, your fasting is, it's a cool weapon, it's a low drop rate, it looks really cool, it's transmogable, it's binary equipment, I'm going to go grab this thing. By then it was gone. The other risk is, you look at something, you go, man, what is this? It's got a low drop rate. And you start hemming and hawing, let me do some more research. By then, mm-hmm. if it was a good item, the risk you just took by doing all the research is that it's gone. Right. Gone, gone. If you're going to do this, I do not recommend using the remote auction house on your phone. Because you got to log in like nine times. <laughs> Blizz needs to fix that. If I'm logged in, I should be logged in until I log out, in my opinion. Not every time. You know, if I if I close my phone, if I come back to it, I haven't logged out of that app, I should still be logged in. Don't ask me for my, you know, hey, we detected an authenticator. Yes, it's still there. Yes, this is my password. You know, <laughs> I have a complex password for a reason. I do too. And it's not so I can type it on my phone. <laughs> right. It's not so you can sit there with the with the keyboard right. that we punch you the finger. So right. you can type it on a keyboard and it ain't like you can swipe I, it I in, right? I misspell my password ninety <laughs> yeah. percent of the time anyways. Yeah. So they need you do to it on fix the phone? that. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I recommend if you're going to check out WoW Auction and do this little strategy, you know, have be logged into the WoW remote armory or be on if you can be on WoW, be in WoW rather, at at the actual auction house even better. If not, then um you have a tab open in your browser and be logged in remotely. That way it's a little faster. Keeping in mind that some of these things can be delayed up to 45 minutes in WoW Auction. Um, so sometimes the deals aren't there by the time you go look for them. Now, I can tell you that I have easily made, like I told you before the top of the show, I'm charting my gold. Right. So there's a couple little spikes in my gold where I go, like I've gained like 3,000 gold in an hour or 20 minutes or whatever. And those spikes come from flipping something that is this bargain that I found using WoW Auction. Because you go in there and you're like, wow, that's... Because here's how I look at it. Here's an item, and it, I'll, we'll use simple math, right? Here's an item that normally sells for 10000 and somebody has it up for 5000 Well, I'll buy it for 5000 and I'll put it up for eight, making you know 3000 gold in the process, and somebody else still gets a good deal. So it, it sells faster that way. Gotcha. If I put it up for ten, somebody else may put it up for ten. Then I, now I'm going to get into a little bit of a an undercutting war. I don't want that. If it's a rare item that normally sells for ten k, and I put it up for eight, somebody else is going to look at it and go, "Well, you know that thing normally goes for ten. That guy put it up at eight. I'm not, I'm not going to try to undercut him because I'm going to lose more gold than I want to. And they'll sit on their item. So that's why I do that because I'm just making three. I'm flipping it. I'm making money. So again, do your homework. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of times what I recommend is if you know there are particular drops, like I'm looking for something right now, a particular uh, transmog drop that I really want to get out of Molten Core. If I, and that's one of the reasons I keep going back to this uh, the bargain hunt because I don't see if someone actually posts it on there. If they do, I'm buying it. I don't like to spend too much time there. I may, I may dabble in one, maybe two items a week because it is inherently risky. Stuff does come back. Stuff does sell too, but stuff does come back. Uh it can be scary. It can be scary because if you look at it, if you're going to go spend 10,000 gold to try, you know, maybe somebody has a, is supposed to, you know, some kind of crazy amount that normally goes to 24,000 and someone out up there for 10,000. 
it's a lot of gold to put into something like that. I haven't done anything that quite large. Mine are normally like I'll get something for five and sell it for eight, you know, <laughs> which is still substantially large, but uh, still falls within my little limits of my percentage rules, so I'm okay. But it's still all your eggs in one basket is kind of risky. So keep that in mind this week that that is a risky thing, but it is a way to do uh, to to make gold. Um, yeah, you can also you know tell your guildmates about it. Maybe they can buy it and make their risk for you. So it's cool. Like I said, I do it maybe once or twice a week, one or two items a week. Well, that about does it for episode number 231 of HearthCast. We are looking forward to our next contestant for HearthCast AOE. If you want to play AOE, just let us know. Anybody can play. We just need about 20 minutes of your time between 6 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time on any given Monday. And remember, you don't have to be exactly right to win. If you do win, we'll award you with a code for a free year of Curse Premium. I'd like to give a special shout out to uh, Diz the Warlock for a an epically confusing tweet last week. Uh, we I posted a picture of the studio, like a panorama. Right. And he responded, you had no idea what he was talking about. And I get this weird, like, what is he talking about? <laughs> and so that was, that was funny. It was like one word. And he confused you. So <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, that was a cool like, picture. Don't you though. follow me on Twitter? Yeah, I know. Like I am, I'm so you should follow everything I say, Freckle. <laughs> to all of our followers on uh, on Twitter and our friends on Facebook, we thank you so much for uh, for those follows and friends and and everything else and likes. And don't forget, if you want to meet us in person, you can come hang out with us in an Orlando Wow Meetup group. You can just search Orlando Wow Meetup over at meetup.com, or you can go check out uh, Firkin and Kegler. We're there usually the second Fridays. Uh, of the month, and we kind of hang out there for a couple hours and actually end up playing Hearthstone to really bad 80s music in the background. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's more fun than it sounds. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy videos and screens and stuff. And actually a really cool place. They have a, it's, it's a very cool place to go check out. So go check them out. Go check us out. And hey, as we close the show, we want to thank all of you guys for listening. You can be part of next week's show by sending us your questions, comments, or any other feedback. Send an email to podcast at hearthcast.com. You can tweet me at hearthcastfreck or root at hearthcastroot. You can like our Facebook page or even send us a voice message on hearthcast.com using SpeakPipe. No registration or installation required. A big thank you to our friends over to OpenRead for everything they do. You can find HearthCast in iTunes, Stitcher, or just drop our RSS feed into your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, this has been Root and Freckleface for HearthCast.com. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.